0: Well, hey everyone. It's Kenneth Eisner back with you again, and this week we are starting a brand new podcast series. This series I am calling Building Your Best Dang Website, and this is episode 1 on getting started. The first step is not what you think. Welcome to Life Beyond the Massage Table, a podcast for massage therapists, or really anyone who works in health and wellness. I'm here to help you take a look at your business and practice in new ways, to think outside the box, and to shift gears from the same old stuff that isn't helping you build the life and the business that you really want. Let's get started. Well, welcome back. Um, As I'm recording this, it is uh, the beginning of fall here in uh, Toronto, and uh, I know it's been a while since I recorded some podcast episodes, but uh, yeah, I took a little bit of a time off in the summer to kind of regroup and figure out what you guys wanted to hear next. And for those of you on my newsletter, which by the way, if you're not signed up for my newsletter, highly recommend it. Um, just go to happylittlebiz.com and uh, look for the newsletter link or honestly right on the homepage it'll pop up for you sign up and uh, yeah you'll get uh, you know sneak peeks into what's going on on the podcast you'll get exclusive tips on uh, building a strong health and wellness business So uh, yeah, Um, but anyway, for you guys who are on my newsletter list or who follow me on Instagram, because I did mention it there as well, you know that I was polling you to see what you guys wanted to hear about. And there were two main topics and uh, that came out on top. There was a third one that I was examining, which I might still do some episodes on. Um, By the way, that was on uh, sort of social media detoxes and that kind of stuff. But uh, there was some interest in that, but it wasn't the main thing. So uh, anyway, and rather than do that, we are going to talk uh, this series about websites, building an amazing website for your business on your own, that is. Not hiring somebody, but doing it the DIY style. And then next series, uh, which will come out uh, starting in November, we're going to talk all about uh, taking your business online, if that is something that you want to do. So there was interest in both those topics. But uh, yeah, let's start with websites. Now, first off, the episodes in this series, other than maybe this first one, are going to be a touch shorter than some of them have been lately. I know some of the websites, or some of the websites, you can tell I'm already fired up to talk about websites. Uh, Some of the episodes in the last series were, you know, pushing an hour, some of them, or at least getting pretty close, 40-something minutes. Um, But this time, I'm trying to break stuff down into nice bite-sized pieces for you. (laughs) But yeah, let's just uh, dive right into this episode. So... Starting us off in this series on building your own website, I'm going to take you through the process I use with clients who book into my small website package, because I think that process can also be super useful for those of you who are building your own website, DIY website. For those of you, by the way, who maybe English isn't your first language, or um, you've just never heard the term DIY, it means do it yourself. So i.e. you're building it yourself, you're not hiring somebody, or maybe you've gotten some professional help in terms of of, you know, uh, formatting your content or things like that, but you're not actually having someone else design the website for you. You're doing the bulk of the work or you're doing all of it completely. So first things first, Um, I have a previous episode from the fall of 2019. So about a year ago, talking about two things that I think you guys are going to want to want to know. Number one was which website builder should you use? And I know a lot of you wonder about that. Should you use Wix or Weebly or Squarespace or WordPress or some other builder that GoDaddy has or whatever? Um, And second... I know a lot of you also wonder about website hosting. So like, what is website hosting? Do you need that? How much is it? All those things. So if you need that content, I've already talked about that in the past and stuff hasn't changed that much over the last year to mean that I should record a whole new episode on it. So go back to the episode from September 16th of 2019. I actually looked it up and I called it Your Website Questions Answered. Or if you head to the show notes for this episode that you're listening to right now, um, I'll have it linked in the show notes. So happylittlebiz.com, click podcast, and then the link for the show notes. Or uh, sometimes the podcast app that you use allows me to actually link things from the show notes. It all depends on the individual app. I don't have control over that. I can only do so many things, um, you know. Different ones will allow you to link out, some won't, some remove that, whatever. But anyway, if you see a link in there that, you know, talks about the show notes, click here, click on that, and then it'll take you to the show notes. And then from there, you can click to listen to that previous episode, all about um, hosting and DIY website builders like Wix, Weebly, Squarespace, all that stuff. So, okay, let's talk about the actual process of building a website. Now that I've got that sort of background information covered for you and you know where to go to get that info. So the process I use with small website builds, and by the way, these small websites, uh, in terms of how I view them in my business, they're simple websites that I do for solo practitioners. Now, I also do custom work that's more detailed and takes more time. But just so you know the difference, right? Um, That aside, I break down these small websites where we're just doing five pages. It's very simple. It's just to give someone, an introduction to your business, um, I break those down into a four-week time frame. Now, week one, I spend getting to know the person's business, figuring out what they like and don't like in web design. We choose colors. We get an idea of what aesthetic in general they like, like what they think looks nice in a website. Um, we decide decide which pages we're going to have, what five pages those are going to be to be most effective. And we also talk a lot about the website content. What kind of content should the person be writing? Or they and their, you know, single business partner. Sometimes these solo website uh, builds are actually for a clinic of two people. That also still works usually. In week two, we start talking about the actual nitty gritty of the content. And I let them start actually get, uh, getting that all together. So we talk about photos, writing the content, colors, logo, all those building blocks that you're going to have to put onto the site later on. In week three, we start talking about website themes, quote unquote. And the theme is like the overall design of the website. And we start putting... we, I, sh- I say we, it's me. <laughs> I'm the one that starts putting all of their great content into the website, the theme. And then week four, we go over it together. So myself and my client, and we look for changes and errors and stuff. And then I hand it over when it's done. So that sounds fairly simple, but there is complexity to that. So let me break that down for you. The thing for this week's episode that I really, really, really want to drive home to you all is the following The first step in building any website is to get yourself organized. Yeah. Organized. Not picking your website builder, not choosing your hosting plan, not deciding if you like pink or blue, not figuring out what your logo should look like, not deciding if you want to have a page design that has big photos at the top. None of that at all. Organized is the number one thing that you need to do before you do anything else. And why am I saying that? Well, let me put it to you this way, because I know the temptation is out there to, you know, go. Oh well, you know, I need to build a website. My friend likes Squarespace. I'll just use them. I'll let's pick this template and I'll start putting stuff in. That that should work, right? Like I just need to get this website done. I I don't have much time for this. Uh, I have a practice to build and I just need this done. And I have a lot of time pressure, right? And I and I totally get that. You know, it might sound like I don't understand. I 100% do understand. This is a lot of stuff for you to take on. Like building a website is no small project. But it is also completely doable, which is why I'm recording these podcast episodes to begin with, right? But I know the temptation is there to kind of like rush through the beginning stuff so you can just get it done. Because you feel pressured to get it done ASAP so you can, you know, get your practice going. I totally, totally get that. It's, it's important, right? But let me put it to you this way. If you were going to bake a cake, would you just Google cake recipe and then just go into your kitchen without even really reading the recipe and just start making it? Or would you read the recipe, make sure you have the ingredients on hand, make sure you understand the instructions and, you know, you have the tools you need as well. Like if it asks for a whisk, make sure you have one. If it asks for a certain size cake pan, make sure you have that and then make the cake. Well, okay, let's be real here. If you're an experienced cook, you probably can just Google, glance at the recipe, go, yeah, I got that and and go and make the cake. Like I do that, but I've been baking since I was like four. <laughs> and I'm now over 40, just to let you all know, <laughs> you know, but uh, most people... probably shouldn't do that, including me, actually, unless it's a very, very simple cake recipe. You should probably check to make sure you've got all the ingredients. You should probably double check to make sure you've got the right size cake pan. You you know, all those things before you start baking. And that's the planning stage, right? You're going to have a lot better cake at the end if you actually plan it out a little bit. So the same thing applies with building a website. It's not, you know, yeah, it's different from making a cake, but it ain't that much different from making a cake. If you have the time, if you make the time, not just have the time, if you make the time to get yourself organized and you figure out what you want and need in a website before you actually start trying to build it, you're going to have a lot better website in the end. So you not only need the recipe, but you need all the ingredients and you need the equipment and you need to understand how to make the recipe. And, you know, the same thing applies here with the website only instead of ingredients it's you know as in like flour sugar whatever it's like web hosting and and you know what design and and all those things those are your ingredients here so okay great i hope i hope i've at least sold you on the idea that you shouldn't just jump right in with both feet and say you know immediately go to a website builder and just start like plopping things into a theme without giving it a whole lot of thought i i hope i've convinced you that it's better to get organized first and it doesn't take that long So let's get organized. Let's talk about how you do that. So like I said, with my client process, week one is all about organization. That's literally what we spend the entire first week on. For me, I'm learning about the client's business. What's their goals for the website? Like, do they want to attract new clients? Do they want to just educate people? Is that the primary purpose of the website? Are they specifically looking for people to not just, you know, find their website, but actually book appointments? Are they focusing on online classes and that's the primary goal? They really, really want people to sign up for those classes. Like what's their major goal for the website and also secondary goals? And then what are they going to need on their site in terms of content? Like other than a bio or about me page and like a contact page, which are pretty standard What else is going to be on there? Like, do you want to put your fee schedule on there, an FAQ page, a services menu, a privacy policy, a link to online booking? Do you have this whole, say, clinic procedures thing that you want to put up? Do you want a COVID-19 page? Because we are in those days. Like, what do you need on the website? And I ask them about these things because they're really important. And then we move on and we talk about... Things that they like and don't like in other people's websites. So once I have a sense for what they're going to need as like a baseline, we talk about that. So I ask them to take a look at a bunch of people's websites. So I just say like, find some websites of other clinics. Doesn't have to be the exact same thing that you do, but in ge- sort of health and wellness in general websites, tell me what you like and you don't like about them. And I ask them some specific questions. I don't just make it open-ended. I ask them some specific questions and I asked them to give me some feedback on that so that I have a sense of looking at these websites what they like and don't like so I have an idea of their style the aesthetic that they like and then we talk about colors we talk about what they like and don't like you would be surprised you know you might think oh you know everybody loves blue for healthcare everybody loves green for healthcare there are some people who really hate both of those colors in healthcare websites they would rather anything else Um, I had a client who wanted everything to be uh, pink and purple, you know, (laughs) like it's just, it all depends on your personal style. So don't just kind of go with the, the status quo is what I'm saying, go with what works for you in terms of like, you know, and your clients, that's really important, what will be attractive to your clients, you know. I talk about that with my, with my website clients. I talk about what they like and don't like in colors. I talk about if they have a logo and how we can incorporate not just the, the pattern of the logo, but the actual colors of the logo in their website and the, the font that was used. And I give them some info on writing good website text and finding stock photography, whether it's free or low cost or higher cost. It all depends on their budget and needs and whether or not they can take their own photos as well. So you can 100% look at exactly these same things before you get started on your website. You don't have to have a me, a, a designer, guiding you through it, right? Certainly, it helps. I'm not. I'm not saying that you know web designers can go the way of the dodo bird. We 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 still have a place in the world. At least I hope we do. Maybe I'm maybe I'm once again with this podcast uh, putting myself out of a job, <laughs> but uh, hopefully not. But uh, it, all to say, you know, you can use the same process. is why I'm giving it to you guys. So think about it and make a lot of notes on the following things. Number one, what are your goals for your website? Like I, like I said, is it for more people to book? Is it to book into classes? Like, what, what do you want to do with that website? What content do you want to include on your website? And keep in mind that you do not need 100 pages of things in order to have an effective website. Less is more. I will go into this in way more detail. In the next web, in the next website, again, websites on the brain. In the next episode, I will go into it way more on the next episode. But just for now, I want you to keep in mind, please, you do not need 100 pages of content in order to have an effective website. Like I said earlier, these small website builds are usually uh, constrained to five pages, and that is plenty. You should also think about what you like and don't like in websites, like I was talking about a second ago. So take a look at other people's websites, make some notes like, oh, I I don't like it when they have a big header photo, I prefer if the text was more towards the top, or oh, I love it, that scrolling effect where like, the photo looks like it stays in one place while the text scrolls or, oh, you know, I don't like it when they have a giant square logo, I prefer if it was a smaller logo or just whatever, you know, take a look at other people's websites and make some notes on like, what you like and don't like, because that'll help guide you on as to what um, what design that you end up with for your own website. And also think about what features you need, because you want you're going to want to get those set up and ready to go before you build the website. So for example, if you need online booking, you don't have it yet, go sign up for an account with somebody, you know, I, I mean, f- figure out which one's the best fit for your business. Again, don't just sort of jump in. Uh, do a bit of research. I've also got an old episode on uh, online booking software, by the way. If you search in the archives, it's from uh, late September, or early October of last year, 2019. I just don't remember. I don't didn't write down that episode name for you guys, unfortunately. But go back in my archives. I do have an episode about that. Um, but in general, if you need online booking, if you want to have some other type of widget, you want to feature your Instagram account or whatever... Make sure that that is prepared before you start building your website, sort of that you know how you're going to implement that. And also, like we've talked about, do you have a logo? Do you want someone to create you one before you get started? That's probably something that you should get started before you create your own your website. Now, logos are not by no means a necessity, especially if you're a solo practitioner or a very small business owner, right? It's di- kind of different if you have a big clinic. If a big clinic, it's probably a good idea to have a logo. Just there's a sort of a certain air of professionalism that comes with that. But if you're a solo practitioner, you do not need a logo. If you want to have a logo, you can totally have one. There's nothing wrong with that. But you don't have to have one. You don't have to invest the money and time into it. Um, and But some people prefer to have one. So if you want one, that's something to look into before you start building your website, because you're going to want to know how you're going to be incorporating it, what shape your logo is going to be, where it's going to look best on the page. So that's the background info. Sit down. You know, it shouldn't take you too, too long, maybe a couple of days, like a weekend. You could definitely sit down and and figure all that out, make lots of notes, right? And that'll help you get ready to proceed on actually building your website. Now, before I close off here, here's a quick hint for you DIY website peeps. Now, when you are looking at other clinic, studio, office, healthcare websites for ideas on what you like and don't like, like I was talking about a minute ago, the, the colors of the shapes of the other bits and pieces of their website, you can also see what features they've included that might, you know, sort of tweak your mind and make you go, oh, I want to include that. Now, sometimes you might see something that isn't achievable very easily on a DIY website. You know, like maybe they've got some kind of fancy scrolling that, I don't know, makes sparkles show on the screen or something. Like I, there's a, one particular website uh, here in Toronto that I am thinking of that's got all these different scroll effects and photos that pop up and balloons. And it, some of you may know which website I'm talking about if you're local, but uh You know, anyway, there's nothing wrong with this person's website. It's just that these are all things that she's paid a lot of money to a web designer to have put on. But for you, it might be little things like you realize that you prefer it when the calendar for your booking actually shows right on the page, in which case then you're going to want to look for an online booking service that offers that. Or you might prefer when it's just a link to Instagram and not actually like the feed right on the website. Or you might want a chat box. Some people do that. You know how you go to some websites and it says, you know, uh, we are currently available. Ask us a a question. Like a thing pops up in the corner. Maybe you like that. Maybe you're like, that's a great idea. I think that'll help people book appointments. You can include that in your website if you want. And yeah, there's software that you can buy uh, and include in your website. Um, It's not free most of the time. There's no free services, 100% free services that I am aware of. Um, There may be some out there. This is not something I am, you know, uh, an expert on because I don't use these. But uh, yeah, maybe you'll look at them and you'll go, I love that idea. In which case, then you'll want to include that on your website. So looking at other people's websites can give you ideas on the features or things that you want to include in your own that aren't just like photos and text, right? Now, lastly, you might be thinking, hey, Candice, four weeks to get my website done. Are you sure? Does it have to take that long? Because like we talked about earlier, I ain't got a lot of time. I kind of get to get it done. So like it can be up and I can start booking clients. Well, again, I hear you. Four weeks is the ideal for me when I'm working with clients. But often projects will go either over more often than not over because clients sometimes underestimate the time it's going to take them to get their text written, you know, or something comes up. You know, the week that we had set aside for them to do their text ends up being the week that their kids are really sick and then they just need a little extra time or ends up being the week that their husband breaks his arm or ends up being the week that their dog is sick, you know, or whatever. Life happens to us all, right? So more often than not, projects run over time, not under time. But yeah, in general, based on the years of experience I have working with people, you know, I've been doing web design for many, many years. It only became my actual business in 2014, I started to make the shift into doing it. Four weeks is what you need for these small website projects. And also so I can fit the project in around other work I'm doing. And so the client can also fit the project around them seeing their own clients, right? It's not like they're sitting at home doing nothing when we're not working on the website. They have stuff to do. Um, you know, so for you doing your own website though, because you you're not um you're not working with someone else's schedule, you're literally just doing things on your own schedule. Yeah, you can make it as long and sh- or short as you want. Like if you if you take a bit of time off from seeing clients, for example, or you set aside a couple of weekends to work to really work hard on it, you could get it done really fast. If you really really pushed, you could get it done in, a, in like over a long weekend. As long as you sat down and did the organizing first and then you sort of went boom, boom, boom through the website, you get it done over a weekend if you wanted to. But if your life is really busy and you don't have a lot of time, you only have a few hours a week to it to it, you could take a month. You could take several months like, you know, the choice is yours. But ultimately, the big thing I'm trying to sort of stress here is please don't skip over the planning part. It is really important. You're going to have the most effective website, the one that is the most attractive to clients that you are the happiest with if you do the planning out stuff first. That's all I'm saying. So yeah, that's it for this week. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope it was helpful to you. Next week, we are going to go all into this whole content thing. How much content do you need? What type of content is effective? And that kind of stuff. So stay tuned for that. And uh, until then, take care. And I'll be back with you next week. Hey, well, thank you so much for listening today, everyone. I really appreciate your time and the fact that you decided to join me in listening to this episode. Show notes are now available for podcast episodes and they contain links to helpful resources and other information. So please do head over to happylittlebiz.com and check out the reading link. I've got show notes for individual episodes there as well as articles on other topics for building a happy health or wellness business. Also, if you'd like to learn more about me, my background in healthcare and wellness, as well as, you know, what I'm doing with this current business, my website is the best place to do that. And I've also got links to my social media over there if you'd like to follow me. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. And again, my website address is happylittlebiz.com. All the information is there. Now, while I got you, I'd like to mention I truly do appreciate it when people leave me a rating and or depending on what you want to do, review over on iTunes. So if you like this podcast, let me know by doing that. Just look up Life Beyond the Massage Table on iTunes and then click that Ratings and Reviews tab to leave your own rating or review or both. Okay, that's it for this week. I'm sure you have other things to do, so I'll let you get to them. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And here's to building a sustainable, small health or wellness business all on your own terms. Talk to you soon.